You're listening to episode 147 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. It's official. This is the first episode of year three of the podcast. Thank you to everyone who has been on this wild and beautiful journey, whether you've been rocking with the podcast from the start or you're new and turning in for the first time. I appreciate you. Don't forget that we have a giveaway going on through August 28th on the Mind Biz Life Instagram page. There are eight various prizes that were contributed from year two's guest, and one lucky winner will win all of the prizes worth over $700. We have books, we have card decks, we have CBD oil. We even have some other life mastery goodies in topics such as numerology, dream courses, and even feng shui. Head over to Instagram and find the Mind Biz Life Instagram post. You'll see it. It's really big. It says giveaway on it and you'll see my face. (laughs) Just click on that and follow the prompts to enter. Speaking of year two, you know, I know I hit you with a lot of woo these past couple weeks. Okay, maybe even months. So I think it's time we get back to an episode that helps us develop the professional part of our lives. So we're going to kick off year three with a business episode. And I can't think of a better guest to help us do this than Heather Archer. Heather has worked as a trainer and facilitator for over 25 years, presenting classes both in person and online. Her training company just launched a new virtual workshop titled Master Your Virtual Meetings in July, and now she's here to talk to us about how you can make your virtual meetings more interactive, engaging, and maybe, just maybe, even a little bit more fun. Be sure to let me know what resonates with you on today's episode. I love when you screenshot and let me know you're listening and then tag me in it on Instagram stories or wherever. And of course, be sure to share this episode with a friend. Sharing this episode helps get the podcast into the homes, cars, and earbuds of many. Are you ready to meet Heather? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up. Let's go. with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey, Heather. Thanks for joining me today. I've been looking forward to our conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, we were talking a little bit before we hit record, and I just have to give a shout out to Mac Monroe from the Boss Builders for connecting us. We're going to be diving into the world of business this week and talking about how to master your virtual meetings But before we nerd out and learn, I'd love to just learn a little bit more about you, Heather, and what led you to starting Trading Du Jour? So I have, I I am one of those unique people in my profession where I have always been a trainer. Most people sort of come up through the ranks and this has always been my job is to stand in front of people and teach them stuff. Cool. How, what made you choose this profession? I, I was blessed that in college, I had an advisor who looked at me one day and he said, you know, I think you might want to take this class. And I went, what? And he said, yeah, it's adult learning. And I thought, okay, why not? I mean, I was 18. I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. Right. So I took it and I, I vivid, vividly remember the first time I stood in front of an audience and taught them something. And I thought, oh, oh my God, this is my thing. Oh. This is my jam, as a friend of mine says. <laughs> 
and have been doing it ever since. I love that. So when you're training people, what are you training them specifically on? Um, these days I am training them on what we consider to be soft skills. So these are things like business presentations, um, how to conduct meetings, how to, um, team building, how to understand people, Mm. those, those kinds of things. Oh, I love that. Especially because we know that presentations, it can be a hit or miss. You can have the best information, but if it's presented in a boring manner, you're going to lose some folks there. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make it fun. And I know right now we're in this whole, (laughs) this whole pandemic has really just thrown that for a loop. I myself have had some things canceled, some in-person things canceled. Uh, Mm -hmm. There there were some people who were a little hesitant about moving it virtual, but then there's this whole other part of the workforce who is now working from home. They're living this virtual life. I mean, I've been in this virtual life for the past nine years of my life, but some people are literally being thrown into it. So virtual meetings are now taking the forefront. And I had a friend the other day tell me that she just dreads virtual meetings each week because they feel long and boring and repetitive. And there's always someone who doesn't know that their mic is on or off. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. What are some simple and actionable ways to make our virtual meetings better or, you know, not so dreadful? Well, I think one of the things that the, the host or the person who's running the meeting has to understand is that while we did this a little bit in for our in-person meetings, one of the things they need to know is that being the host, like a talk show host, is a thing. Yeah. You actually have to go out and pull the people into the meeting a little bit and give them the space to, to talk and to know that they're welcome. And most people just don't, it's not even a concept. They're like, no, we run the meeting online exactly like we ran it in the real world and you need to like do better when really that's not so much. So simple things they can do, asking a question. Mm. I know you you do podcasts, you're like, I get it. You ask a question, no, no, no. (laughs) But for a lot of people, they just, they hit go and they start talking and they never draw breath and they never slow down. And more importantly, they never shut up. Yeah. Right. So an hour of somebody talking at you, there's no way you can maintain interest. But if they stop on occasion and ask some simple questions like, does that make sense? Mm. Does anybody have anything to add? And here's the kicker. And this is the part that I have found just blows people's minds. If you ask a question, you need to be prepared to shut your mouth for 10 or 15 seconds because people didn't know the question was coming. They didn't have a canned answer ready and their brain is furiously just churning through. Do I have something to say? How do I say it? Do I want to say it? And that takes time. Mm. And so, you know, and, and you do it again, you ask a question and then you settle in and you wait calmly for an answer. And the first two or three times you do it, it's awkward as all get out. But eventually what you teach the participants, especially if they're coming like your friend every week, you teach them that you want their engagement, you want their interaction, you want their comments. And those 10 seconds, will, will you'll find it scaling down to about four or five because they're ready for you. That is so interesting. And I guess I, I didn't 
mindfully think about that either of, I mean, of course I, I ask a question and I listen because that's like part of the whole podcast. Right. But, right. but it's so true. Like in a meeting, it's very easy to just be like, okay, guys, today we're going to bum, 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 you know, get through your whole list and not really take that time. But man, I didn't even think about that. Taking the pause to just make sure that people can have that time to, to collect their, you know, their thoughts and Hey, maybe I do have a question. Well, and, and have you ever been in a meeting or a training session where somebody says, okay, does anybody have any questions? No. Okay. Let's move on. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, Whoa, you're shut down. You're yeah. like, Oh, clearly don't want my questions. Mm. Is there like a good, like tr a true good way to ask, like, does anyone have any questions and feel genuine about it? Like, th does that pause really make people, you know, change that perception of this is genuine versus they're just asking that to ask it? It, it absolutely, it is, it is mind blowing. It is so powerful. I do it in my personal life. If we wow. had lunch and I said to you, how have you been? Mm. I would wait. And yeah. Once people realize that they're that you as the host are carving that space out for them to speak, they will step into it. Now, not every one of them and not all the time, but if you, once it becomes a habit, you, you won't be able to shut them up, which wow. is kind of what you want in some meetings. You want that exchange. You want that interaction. Wow. That is powerful. I'm going to start, I'm going to mindfully start doing this as well in my life because I love, I feel like what you just said, you can take that and you can implement it in various parts, not just in virtual meetings. You can do it over lunch, over dinner with yep. your family, with your kids to just shut your mouth. Yep. Oh, I love it. Okay. What are some other good, good tips you got? Um, so the next one, and, and none of these, so there's five things I cover in my workshop. None of them, they, they, they have the power to you know, blow your mind, but they aren't rocket science. So the next one is just be more alive. Mm. Like if you are the quintessential college professor who sits completely solid, never moves, talks monotone, why would people be interested? Mm. Right. So even like right now, you and I are not on video. My hands are moving. I'm moving a bit in my seat. I'm leaning forward. I'm pulling back. I am more interesting to look at. And therefore people will look at me if I were on camera. Right. So you, the host, you have to be worth, you have to be interesting. You have to be more alive. You have to catch, catch people's visual attention. Now, what if someone's listening and they're like, okay, but I'm not the most lively person. You know, we do, there are those people who are in leadership positions and they're not the most gregarious or outgoing. How do you kind of ramp that up? Um, you could do it a couple different ways. You can have, and I'm not talking about an hour long presentation, but intersperse what you're talking about with the occasional PowerPoint slide. Instead of me explaining this process to you verbally, you know, maybe I talk about the first couple steps and then I say, let me show you the process. And I show you a slide, mm -hmm. even just a simple change from me to the slide to back again, people go, Oh, hmm, there's something different on the screen. Let me pay attention. Right. And I've kind of hooked them back in and then we go back to you. And then maybe in two or three minutes, you have another thing. You're like, wow, I want to show you um, where we spent this year's budgetary funds, whatever. And there's a pie chart. <gasps> Ooh. Right. Right. So even if it's not you personally, there's something happening to make it interesting. Mm, I like that. All right. So that's step two. What, hit us with another step. These are good. I like these. This third one, 
is is uncomfortable. So so asking a question and pausing takes some practice. And once you get through the first couple, you're like, okay, I got this. This third one, show your emotions. Mm. We have been indoctrinated into this idea that when we are in a business setting, we are androids. We should not laugh. We should not have emotions. We are here to do just business. The problem with that is that we're human beings. Yeah. We are human beings first and foremost. And the thing that connects us to our work are our emotions. So many people, I do what I do because I love it. And if you strip that away from me in any situation, you've stripped away my willingness to commit, to be engaged. It's now, you know, like going to the dentist because I'm going this afternoon. That's why it's on top of my head. <laughs> it's like going to the dentist. You're like, oh, yeah, I know I got to do it. But, uh, you know, right. so if you're if you're happy about something, be happy. If you're frustrated about something, be frustrated, you know, and I'm not talking about incubating in the, the emotion for like hours on end, but express it, show it laugh if something's funny, growl if something's frustrating, you know, and, and it will make you more human and it will encourage the human in the audience to come out. And that's when we really start to connect and we start to do fabulous things. Mm. Can, when you're expressing emotions through these virtual meetings, let's just say in general, you're having a bad day. You are hosting mm -hmm. the meetings. It happens, right? Like you just, oh, yeah. you get on because and you're, you're human. Exactly. And you're just in a meh mood, right? You're just like, meh. So you're having a hard time being lively. You're having a hard time getting out of that funk. Is there a good way that you can kind of, I don't want to say switch off because again, this human connection of, of showing your emotions, but mm -hmm. is there a way that you can just kind of be vulnerable too and just be like, Hey guys, I'm not having the best day today. Like, is that, is it okay Absolutely. to just kind of come in as like that authentic self and tell them upfront? It, it will be very scary. And I, and I wouldn't say necessarily don't break down in tears, mm. like, you know, ball in front of everybody, but yeah walk in and go, okay, so my day started a little rough and we're here and we're going to cover business. But what, yeah, I would say the, be as vulnerable as you're comfortable with and as you think your audience can receive. Like for instance, if you've never shown emotion and you're going to go to breaking down and crying in one meeting, that's <laughs> going to be odd. Right. But if you're the kind of person who never talks about anything personal or human or whatever, and you come in and go, wow, I just got to say, I've had a crappy day today <sighs> and let's move on. That's huge for people right. who have never seen you expose anything. So absolutely right. be as vulnerable as you can. Mm. I think, I think people will respond to it in a positive way. I believe yeah. that. Yeah. I like that too. And sometimes it's just, you know, sometimes I know my tone has on the podcast, it has changed. And I just remember one time getting on with a guest and I was so frustrated because the internet had, had shut off right before our call. Ooh, and then, you yeah, know, yeah. it was like those. And, and I felt myself, like when I listened to the playback, mm -hmm. I just wasn't my normal self, you know, like you could just tell that that kind of frustration held throughout the, throughout the conversation. And my guest, of course, was like, I didn't notice anything, but it was my first time <laughs> talking to them. So it was like, right. well, of course you didn't, but I noticed it about myself and anyone who listens to the show weekly likely notice it too. So I did put like a little like disclaimer ahead of the show. I was like, I had 
you know, some problems before this episode. And you may hear it in my voice, but that doesn't take away my excitement, you know, for, for the guests. But well, and, and you're being happened. honest, you're like, I'm human, it happened. And oh, by the way, this has nothing to do with the podcast itself. Like this right. was outside influences not yeah. the guest, not the topic and things like that. Yeah. Right. That, that sort of honesty lets people go, Oh yeah. It. it can be hard to like, I'm one of those people. I love to hit the reset button, you know, on a, on a bad day at any moment, you can just be like, all right, we're starting over. And right. but it can be really hard to do that <laughs> within 30 seconds or two minutes. So right. Yeah. You got to give yourself a little grace there too. All right. So we got hit with, we're on step, I think four now. So what's no what's, number four. Yeah. Right. Um, so this does not apply. This one is the one that doesn't really apply to all meetings, but um, simpler, cleaner visuals. And mm. I got to tell you, this one applies whether you're on uh, virtual or in person, it doesn't matter. We universally produce crap visuals mm. because we try to put everything into one slide. Mm. And the problem, and, and think too, when you're in a virtual setting, there's so much happening around you that can distract you that if that visual is in any way overwhelming, challenging, confusing, whatever, I'm going to go to looking out my window where there's a deer in the backyard and it's so much more pleasant to look at. Mm, yeah. Right. Whereas it, in person, we're kind of locked in that conference room. Right. You're, you're kind of forced to look at it. Yeah. So make them simpler, make them cleaner. And I go through some very brief ways. I mean, there's entire workshops you can do on nothing but how to create a great visual. Um, so I just sort of touch on the topic a bit, but it gives people some two or three things they can walk away and start doing immediately. Mm, I like that. I like that. And, and you're right, because sometimes what you were talking about earlier of just reading off of your slides. Mm, oh my God. goodness. I've been to like a seminar once and I don't remember a single thing from that no. presentation other than it was just awful. Like I couldn't, it was like, I was so excited for it too, because the, you know, the content seems so great, but then the mm -hmm. slides were like forever long and you're just like, Oh, staring at the clock, you know, like mm -hmm. your brain like goes to sludge. So I love that tip of just clean and simple. Yep. Oh, I love it. All right. Step five. I know it's gotta be a good one. Um, this is the one that, that I think in today's business, well, in any time in business world, people are going to have a trouble with is the quality of the agenda. Mm. I've heard trainers say, I've heard business people say, we only have an hour, so I'm going to talk really fast because that works. Right. <laughs> it never. Yeah. So actually take it the time and look at the agenda, prioritize things. Do you actually have to get through everything? No, we have to get through these three things. Okay, then put those at the front of the agenda. If you're going to encourage people to be interactive and actually engage in the meeting, those three things could take the entire hour right. easily. So, you know, put the stuff that you don't really have to do today or you don't have to do as an, um, as an actual meeting, put that to later. Right. I and then like get to the stuff that's good and, and needs to be talked about. How do you know when something needs to be talked about in a meeting versus that could have been an email? Because I know we've all been in meetings where you're like, okay, that could have been an email. Yeah. You know? um, I think, I think it's, it's sort of um, a cat chasing its tail kind of a problem. If you do identify that, that this could have been an email and you send it out, but you never do any follow-up on it, nobody's going to read it. 
And if nobody's reading it, then you feel the need to put it back in the meeting to force them to talk about it. Ah, that makes so, sense. Yeah. So what I would do is I would introduce a topic. I would say, okay, I, you know, one of the things we're here to talk about or, or to, we have to sort out on the agenda is whatever. So rather than take the time today to have this conversation, I'm going to send out the pertinent information in an email. And in the next meeting, we will begin by speaking about this item. Mm. Right. So you kind of get people. It's like if you, when you were a kid, did you ever turn in homework and you realized nobody was grading it? Yeah. Did you keep doing it? I may have kept turning it in, but I didn't keep doing my best work, you know? <laughs> I quit. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there was something turned in, but I certainly wasn't giving it my all. Right. Exactly. We're just like big kids, right? If nobody's following up to actually see that I read the email, why would I read the email? Mm. Right. So if I prep you and I go, okay, it's coming. Here it is. And in the next meeting, we spend five minutes and I kind of hold you accountable for, okay, you read the email. What questions do you have? You know, what is your suggestion? Whatever's related to it. Then I've tied it in. So now going forward, instead of taking 20 or 30 minutes to explain it all, to have the digest and whatever, it's maybe two or three minutes in the first meeting, your own time with the email, and maybe four or five minute, minutes in the next meeting. Yeah. As like a right? follow up. I like that. Exactly. As yeah. a, I'm holding you accountable. I like that. And we all need to be held accountable. <laughs> we all need yep. accountability partners of some sort. So that's a, that's a really great way too. And you're right. I, I really do appreciate you breaking it down in that way too, because sometimes the emails when they come in, I am so guilty of it, of just quickly skimming it, mm -hmm. especially, uh, and I'm trying to be really a lot, a lot better at this, of not checking my email when I don't have the time to respond, because then I just realize I'm skimming quickly. And then mm -hmm. not giving my full attention or I'm like, oh crap, I forgot to reply or whatever happens. Um, so sometimes I could see how in a meeting setting, you're quickly skimming it. Okay. It's already out of my mind. It's, it's out of my data bank. So bringing this back up again in a meeting to quickly touch on it, make sure that yes, we are having the user's retention in this. Yeah. Well, and, and if, you know, if you bring it back in the next meeting, are there any questions? And everybody goes, no, it was actually quite clear. Thanks much. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. Moving on. Yeah. Right. I, I love but that. It, it is definitely that, that mentality of, wow, that could have been an email is a two-way street. They mm. need to take it out of the meeting and send it. You need to read it and act appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. That is, that is on two ways because you're right. I've been in a meeting where I'm like, that could have been an email, but if you would have emailed me, not sure I would have done much with it. So, <laughs> yeah. so. so I love these five steps, but I'm curious of how you came up with these five and how you really, you know, nailed it down to the five. So it came from my years as, uh, as a trainer mm -hmm. and it is, it is my job first and foremost to create an environment. And I, I'm accustomed to doing day long classes. So it's my job to create an environment for an entire day where you feel engaged, interactive, you know, you're not falling asleep by two o'clock, although the after lunch thing have is real. <laughs> um, and, and so I, as we went into this, you know, COVID everybody's online situation and people were complaining about how bad the meetings were, I was like, well, but if you just do these simple things that I've learned, you will have engagement and your meetings will be better. So then I thought, oh, this might be a thing. So I really, really tried to, to codify 
what it is I was doing sort of naturally and had learned over the years. Right. And that's where the list came from. Oh, I love it. So smart. You know, and one of the things with the virtual meetings, of course, and we're mm -hmm. doing this right now, we're not, we're having our conversation. We can't see each other. I choose this option because audio for the podcast is most important and my internet exactly. is not the yep. best. So video makes it go a little bit slower, but for the typical virtual meeting and not on a podcast, I assume that having your camera on is pretty vital. Is that true? It's critical. Yeah, and, wow. and I am like a, you know, uh, a reform smoker. I was the person who was like, Oh God, don't make me turn on my video. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm like, click it on. I'll spend all day in front of a video all by myself, you know, yeah. with everybody else not on. So it is ridiculously important. I would highly encourage everybody to just get over it and start turning it on. Mm. How can it like, there's a lot of people too. I'm sure you've seen this like viral video of, I think it's a girl and she goes to the bathroom while she's on a virtual meeting. Like she's on her <clears> laptop. <throat> she like sets it down, you know, like that, yeah. that's a fear for some people of like, Oh my gosh, you're now, you have a glimpse inside my home, inside my personal life. Or Hey, for me right now, I have two kids home who sometimes they walk into the room and can be a distraction. Can that kind of like hold people back or add to that fear? Well, so two things. Number one, it's totally polite to just, you know, mute your camera if you need to get up and go get a drink of water or you need to go to the restroom, yeah. right? It's the never turn it on, never turn it, you know, never be there. That's the problem. So if you're in a meeting and you need to do something, you just, you know, gently mute your camera, you go do it. You don't distract people and you come back. Totally socially acceptable. Okay. Much better than carrying your laptop into the restroom. <laughs> yes. Don't yeah. do it. Um, and here's the thing. If we were having this conversation six months ago and I saw your kids, I would, I would judge you. I'd be like, wow, really? If yeah. I saw your house, I'd be going, wow, you're working from, from home. We knew you were at home, but we, it was not acceptable to be exposed to that, right? We had to pretend like we were in the office. Right. We're six months into COVID. <laughs> everybody's seen everybody's house. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's seen the dog, the cat, the spouse, the child, the garbage man in the window behind you, whatever. We have broken through all of that stuff. We've shattered that whole, let's make an illusion that I'm like in an office. Mm, yeah. I and people just don't care anymore. Yeah. I still see people um, like trying to make like a makeshift office in their, in their homes. Like they're putting up like a sheet behind them because they don't want someone to see to see their lives, like, do you suggest like you have like a, a certain place that you go for your meetings absolutely, every week? Absolutely. I, so I, I have done that. I have a lovely wall um, that, that I think is presentable behind me. I have a curtain that I close. I want, I'm, I'm, yes, try to give the illusion of this is a professional meeting. Right. But don't turn off your camera because you feel like that accidental cat bomb is going to yeah. kill your career. Actually having your camera off is doing more damage than the cat bomb. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And who knows that cat bomb might, might even spark some conversation too. <laughs> right. Well, and again, we're human, right? We live in our homes. Our homes have other things in them, things happening. So embrace it. Yeah. We've, we were talking about human connection and mm -hmm. how using emotion is, is so important, but human connection in general is just vital to our lives. How it do you is. feel like we can keep connection flowing, even though we're being pushed to connect more virtually? Because some people feel 
yeah, we are still talking virtually, but that face-to-face, human-to-human connection is, is lacking. So how can we keep it going strong? I would say um, not everything has to be in a big group setting. I'm an introvert. Mm. I, I do fine. I have learned to function in big settings. But what I absolutely love is those one-to-one moments. So when, you know, a coworker and I or a colleague and I will get together, um, this happens with this one woman, we're getting together for a business purpose, but we keep chatting. And so finally she said to me, she goes, our meetings are not effective. And I said, they're great fun, but they're not effective. And she said, we need to break this into two. We need to schedule something that is called a happy hour to just talk like people and this thing called a business meeting where we get done our agenda. Mm, Yeah. And so to just be a little bit more mindful, why are you getting together and do you need to get together and, and put an agenda in place, which is, we're not here to talk about business. We're here to get to know each other personally, or, you know, those people that you used to see in the office every day and you chatted with over the coffee pot. Yeah reach out to them and say, no, 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 I just, 15 minutes. I don't want to talk about work. I just want to find out how your kids are or, mm-hmm. you know, how is your dog or whatever. Mm-hmm. So reaching out, but doing it with the intent of just being people. Mm-hmm. I love that. What a great intention. My goodness. Like you just kind of blew my mind right now. I didn't, I don't even think I consciously thought about you know, you're missing that day-to-day interaction Mm -hmm. of just, oh my goodness, on the way here, I saw the craziest thing, you know, like walking into the office and just discussing what what happened between yesterday and today, or, you know, just having that chit-chat. I I think I didn't consciously think about those conversations that were also lacking. And they're valuable. They're Mm. very, very valuable. Yeah, they really are. And I like that you're, you discussed having two different, two different meetings. All right. This one, we're just going to catch up and then we're going to go because I've definitely too, especially because of COVID. It's like, I am kind of craving more human connection more. Mm -hmm. So I find Mm -hmm. myself talking more and I, I find I can have diarrhea mouth more, you know, where I'm just like, (laughs) and I just keep talking and talking and talking because I have been alone so much. I haven't seen people. So then it's like, I have so much to say. (laughs) Listen to me. (laughs) So I love that tip of breaking it into two and then still connecting with the people that you work with and in the way that you used to as well, Mm -hmm. keeping that alive. One of my favorite times in work, and and of course you don't, you wished for it, but you didn't ever, is um, you're in a building and the internet goes out. Mm. You ever had that happen? And like the first five minutes, you see people going, oh, well, you know, I'm sure it'll come back quickly. And they find some sort of alternative work to do. And then after like 15 or 20 minutes, you, you start to see heads popping up. And they're like, well, I've kind of, I, I can't do, like I've done everything really quickly that I could to kill some time. And then an amazing thing happens. People get up and they leave their desk and they start having conversations. Instead of IMing somebody who's across the room, they'll get up and go, hey, since I can't IM you, let's have a chat about the meeting or the whatever, the project. Or they'll get up and just start talking like people to people. Yeah. And while, of course, business isn't getting done, and I appreciate that, the connections and the, the foundation of community 
is really, really being reinforced and enhanced at that point. Mm. And that can, connection and community is also just very vital to business in general. Like that's building a strong team, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If I know you as a person, if I see you as a person, I'm more willing to trust you. I'm more willing to rely on you. I'm more willing to walk up and go, hey, wow, um, I think we have a problem. Can we talk about it? Mm. So true. I remember I, my first shop, and this is like kind of funny. Um, so, so Mac was actually the very first, I interned for him in college and he was the very first person who told me I was not meant to work in the corporate world. And I kind (laughs) of laughed and I took my first corporate job (laughs) and I was, I was, um, I worked for Ford Motor Company, but I was in the call center and I was doing social media. So everyone else is on calls all day. And the social media department was kind of treated a little special. Like we got to listen to music while no one else did, you know, like on our, on our, Mm -hmm. on our earbuds. And I remember in the mornings it being my favorite part of the day because everyone walked in and everyone's so happy, you know, like like the day hadn't like really gotten started yet. It's like you're having your coffee and you're chit chatting and then everything does. It goes straight to IM because like you're not talking at your cubicle, right? Like you might have a head pop up every once in a while, Mm -hmm. but for the most part it is in that, in like the chat setting. And that is building connection, but there's nothing like, you know, sitting there face to face talking to someone. And I wonder, um, so as we're having these virtual meetings, is it okay for an employee and employee to have that so like virtual meeting themselves or? Um, I think it would depend. It's going to depend on the culture and the, the individuals involved. And can you actually like I wouldn't sit there for two hours and have just a, a kibitz. Right. But if you and I know that we can have a conversation and get some business done and sort things out, then absolutely. Right. We can kind of mingle it all in together without, yeah. without like feeling like we're, we're doing something we shouldn't be doing. You know? <laughs> right. Well, because again, you would have been doing that. How many times did you walk into the little kitchenette and chat with somebody for, you know, 10 minutes about something. And then as you move back to your desk, the conversation rolls into work-related stuff. Mm, Very true. So it's the same thing. We just have to be a bit more intentional about it. Mm, I love that you've used the word intentional and intent a lot because setting your intention sounds like it's almost everything with these meetings. Like Mm -hmm. you, you have to have the right intention going into it. So how can you be clear about setting your intentions for the meetings? I actually like to take a moment and, and I would consider creating an agenda, but it's, it's not quite that formal is to actually stop and, and say, what do I want to accomplish? Mm. And, and if what I want to accomplish is just for us to reconnect as people, then the agenda is, you know, let's, let's have a chat, go grab a cup of coffee. I'm going to get a cup of coffee. Let's just chat for half an hour and catch up. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely perfectly fine. Uh, You know, this whole COVID, I, I, I'm a little fearful. I, I don't even know if I really like to say this word of the, like the new normal, right? Cause I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still a little bit like, mm, I don't want this to be my normal. <laughs> you know? So, so like I've, I've tried to mindfully not say new normal, but right. with this, but it is, it is our new normal essentially. Is there anything that, um, 
we're kind of forgetting to do with this new normal that maybe we did very easily in the the face-to-face business world? Yes. We don't actually have to have everything as a virtual online, let me see you conversation. Sometimes you can just pick up the phone Mm. and call somebody or schedule a meeting where you just talk on the phone like we used to do and not make it a a pressure-induced, stressful, oh my God, have I combed my hair kind of a situation. Oh, yeah. Man, the power of the phone. We forget about how to use that sometimes, don't we? <laughs> yeah, your 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 smartphone is actually first and foremost a phone. Yeah. Oh. I I'm guilty of that. I'm really guilty of texting over calling, but then I even when if, if it's a friend and I get a phone call from them, I'm like, "Oh, wow, it's so great to hear your voice," you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just pick up the phone. Well, and it and it relieves the pressure that we've built onto ourselves. Right. With the whole video thing too. Especially uh-huh. that gotta look yeah. good, can't have the kids here. Oh my gosh. I have Did I close the curtain? Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Oh my all these distractions. Don't want someone to see my house, you know? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Or um I I also saw a, a video, I think it was a viral video of a man who was clear and I'm so guilty of doing this on virtual meetings. Like I'm, I'm fully dressed from like the waist up, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I look really good from the waist up and then I'm like in sweatpants on the bottom. (laughs) So do you think that dressing the part still helps you get into like that business mode mentality as well? Absolutely. Um, Especially when I do uh, day long virtual trainings, I get dressed in the morning like I normally would all the way down. Like, nice pants. I pull out my nice shoes. I put on my face, you know, I do the thing. I just sit at a desk in my house instead of going somewhere. Yeah. So they, they say you should, if you're taking, obviously for an interview, but if you're like taking an exam or something of an important exam, you should dress that day, like wake up, take a shower, put on nice clothes because our perception and our brain, it matters to us Mm. how we're dressed. Yeah. I think that is interesting too, especially because a lot of kids now are going, are doing e-learning for mm-hmm. you know, maybe the first month, first semester of school. Uh, my kids are going back to school, but some of their classmates are doing e-learning and uh, they wear uniforms. So the school actually said, even though you're doing e-learning, you still need to wear your uniform shirt every day mm-hmm. because it, it puts the scholar in that mentality of, yes, I am here for school. This is, mm-hmm. and, and not only that, but me and all of my classmates are still uniformed when we're seeing each other on, you know, the virtual classroom or however they're doing it. Well, and it, it also, I think it keeps you mentally sitting up straight. So if you've ever watched somebody over a long, you know, just conversation, not so much business meeting, but they start to slide down in the chair yeah. and your brain is sliding with you. And if you're trying to learn something and take a test or whatever, and you're slouching in your chair and you're, you know, just kind of half there, you're not going to learn much. But if you're dressed, you know, and you're sitting in a a good chair and you're sitting upright, your brain is like, oh, we're here to do something. We're engaged. Mm. It makes so much sense. I love it. You've, You've given us so many great tips today. And I know you have so much more to offer. Where can our audience go to connect with you further? Uh, so my website is the easiest. It is masteringyourvirtualmeetings.com. 
Oh, perfect. And you can find the five, the five tips are listed on there and all of my upcoming sessions. Oh, I love it. And then I know you're also on LinkedIn as well, correct? Uh Uh-huh. Heather Archer. Yep. Great. Well, I'll be sure to link those in this week's episode notes. Heather, thank you so much for sharing your light and wisdom with us today. It's been a treat having you join me and just learning how we can shift into this new normal of virtual meetings and in COVID world, I would say. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Heather certainly gave me a lot of food for thought with our conversation. I've linked her website and social channels on this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. And don't forget to enter that big anniversary giveaway that I'm hosting on Instagram. You can win a bundle of goodies worth over $700 to help you master your mind, business, and life. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a five-star review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you tune in and turn it up. I'll see you back here on Friday for another episode of Fuel Your Life Friday. But until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.